0: Uh, i we, we just finished a series on uh, the end times, and if you want to uh, listen to that, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can get all of those messages um, but we need to transition and we were going to trans- transition this week into uh, a series on really kind of practical Christianity. how do we take um, what God is showing us in his word and how do we practically I'm, I'm a, i i'm gonna I, I struggle when I'm reading books and listening to messages when they just give the problem and there's never any practical solution to the problem. Um, there's a lot of great information, a lot of knowledge, uh, but if we don't get the practical uh, aspects of of the information, then it really is just more head knowledge and there's not a in my opinion, a lot of life-giving flow to it. And so we're going to do a series. Um, We're going to start it in a couple weeks that talks uh, and hopefully encourages all of us to actually live our life more in a practical sense. Um, But we felt uh, in the last 10 to 14 days that God was asking us to hold off on that and to actually address um, some things that are just going on in our church, in our nation, and in our world Um, And so what I would like to talk to you uh, today and next week uh, about is trusting God in all seasons. Um, How many of you know that seasons change in our life? Pastor Peter just informed us of a season that is changing in his life. Um, We all have times in our life when seasons change. Um, I don't know uh, about you, but for me, when those seasons change, it's not a lot of fun most of the time no amens on that? (laughs) Just because you say amen doesn't mean (laughs) you would have to go that. we're we're, none of us are exempt. As a matter of fact, I read something uh, this week or was listening to somebody and and they basically said, um, we all realize that some of our greatest growth moments come in seasonal changes, but we're afraid to admit that because we don't want any seasonal change. Yeah? Um, and so I want to address that. I want to talk about the seasons. We're going to spend a little time today about that. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, how, do we, how do we believe, how do we trust, and how do we have faith in the midst of seasonal changes, okay? Um, Ecclesiastes, um, one of the most uplifting books in the Bible. <laughs> if you don't know it, you should read it. King Solomon, who had everything and everything his heart could ever delight, actually wrote this book and basically said, it's all meaningless, <laughs> Um, it's not very uplifting, but he does give us some instruction. And in chapter 3, verse 1, I've got it on the screen, but I'm going to read more than just the one verse I put there. Um, He writes this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And I think what he was trying to communicate to every one of us is that there are seasonal changes in our life and there are certain times where we need to do certain things and then other times where God moves and we need to do other things. I'm reminded of the Israelites in the desert. The word teaches us that God led them by a cloud during the day and a fire by night. And they would set up camp, and then all of a sudden, God would start to move. That cloud or that pillar of fire would begin to move, and the entire Israel camp would pack up all their stuff. How many times do you think it took for them to pack it all up, move, and then set it all up again to go, all right, I don't really enjoy this process? I mean, I like camping but I'm not a huge fan of the setting up process, the tearing down. And if I had to go to a camp spot for two days, and then we had to go to another one two days later, another one two days later, I, by the time I got to the third side, I'd be like, let's just go home. I got a nice king-size sleep number bed that I could be sleeping in, and i have to do all that. There's just that, that feeling that, that comes in seasonal changes that is very uncomfortable. Paul speaks to Timothy and gives instructions in regards to these things, Um, in his second letter, um, chapter four, verse two, it says this, preach the word, and then he goes on, and says, be prepared in season and out of season. Be prepared in season and out of season. Uh, Let me, Let me explain this word season to you. It comes from two Greek words. One is you, which means good and well. And the other word is kairos, which means time, season, or moment. I shared a few weeks ago that Kim and I had the opportunity to go to uh, the Army War School. Uh, Alyssa, our house, uh, by the way, welcome back to town. We are so glad to have you guys back. But Alyssa gave us the incredible honor... um, and her husband ben gave us the incredible honor to come and attend her last week of school at the war college and get to see her graduate. And we got to participate in some lectures. They broke off into into seminar groups and we would have great discussions. But one of the days there, there was a breakout session. And Kim and I went to um, a general that spoke on um, leadership and time. And it was very interesting to me. He started to speak in Greek words. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? The, the Army War School is using Greek? What is happening? And he starts to go into time and talking about time. So there's the word chronos, which speaks to time directly as of 8, 8.30, 9, 9.30, 10, 10.30, I mean, that's, that's kind of how each one of us live our lives. We set appointments, we put our calendar. Uh, to be quite honest, most of us are kind of run and ruled by the chronos timeline. But then there's this kairos that is spoken of here um, when Paul wrote to Timothy. And kairos means this. It's a moment. It's a season. It's a Uh, maybe a relationship. And so the general gave this example and I'll give it to you. Um, When somebody would ask you to explain to you or explain to them your first day in school, how would you explain that to the person? If I were to ask you that, how would you explain it to me? My guess is that you wouldn 't go well, I remember that morning at seven thirty the alarm clock went off, and I got up and my mom made me eat a bowl of grape nuts at seven fifteen and then I brushed my teeth at seven twenty five at seven forty five Then we headed off to the bus i, I don 't think that 's how you would recount that experience. You know what you would tell me? You would tell me how you felt, you would tell me the moment, you would tell me the relationship that you remember that, you would tell me how you remembered your mom giving you a big hug at the entrance to the bus and and how you were afraid to step onto that bus and how you rode that bus really timid and very apprehensive and you got off and the teacher was there and she warmly greeted you and made you feel comfortable. You would tell me about the moments and the relationship of that time. That's the kairos, It's, it's, it's moments. And so when, when Paul is speaking to Timothy and he says, be prepared in season and out, he's saying this, church, will you be ready in whatever moment comes into your life to proclaim the good news? Our charge, church, is simply this. It's very, very simple. As a matter of fact, if, if this doesn't resonate and bring a little bit of life, maybe, maybe you're overcomplicating things. But simply, our role, if you've asked Jesus in your heart, our role as a believer is to simply proclaim the good news. And whatever we do, it's to proclaim the good news. And so, when, when Paul is speaking to Timothy and saying, in season and out, proclaim the good news, he's just simply saying, in every moment that comes your way, will you be willing to proclaim that good news? Now, I'm going to I'm going to read to you what I do this every once in a while is I will put together all of the Greek words of a Bible verse and then I put into my little journal my damplified version. So I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 the damplified, okay? Proclaim the thoughts of the Father given through the Spirit in his word, being present, ready and prepared whether the current moment you are in is convenient and timely or if it's untimely and inopportune. If you look up the Greek words, that's what that verse means. And it's simply this, will you proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ no matter what season you are in? Whether it's convenient and opportunistic or if it's inconvenient and very inopportune. I think all of us would have no problem giving the message of the good news when it's very convenient. If you have a neighbor that comes over, and knocks on your door, and says, hey, I'm wondering about Jesus Christ, can you tell me? You'd be like, uh, yeah! At least I hope you would be. That's, that's the easy part, that's convenient when they're open and hard, but in the times where you're struggling, where you're going through trials, are you still, are you still open and willing to take those moments in time And proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Because that is what God is calling us to do. So we talked as a teaching team. Okay, so what is the current season around us? What is taking place in our world? What is taking place in our church, in our community, in our nation? Um, What is taking place? And uh, we started having a great conversation. And and Pastor Peter actually said this. uh, It definitely seems to be a season, season of being uncomfortable. Okay, I'm willing to bet that one of two things. You're either uncomfortable in life right now, or you know somebody directly related to you that's uncomfortable in life right now. There's no seven degrees of separation to this. I think uh, coming out of COVID and all the things that are taking place, we find ourselves, most of us, in a place where there's some things shifting. There's some um, cultural things even happening that has made many of us very uncomfortable. And again, if you find yourself comfortable, man, enjoy that season right now. Uh, but I bet you know somebody that is incredibly uncomfortable right now. Um, and so it just reminded me of something that I, I actually found about 10 years ago in a message and, and I look back at it and I just wanna read this to you because uh, see if this brings any peace to you. Uh, the article or the, the statistic thing was how to, say, how to stay safe in the world today. All right, number one. Avoid riding in automobiles because they are responsible for 20% of all fatal accidents. Do not stay at home because 17% of accidents occur at home. Avoid walking on the streets or sidewalks because 14% of accidents occur to pedestrians. Being uplifted so far. (laughs) Number four, avoid traveling by air, rail, or water because 16% of all accidents uh, involve this form of travel. Of the remaining 33%, 32% of all deaths occur in hospitals, so above all else, avoid hospitals. (laughs) But you will be pleased to learn that only .001% of all deaths occur in worship services in church. (laughs) And these are usually related to previous physical disorders, therefore, logic tells us that the safest place for you to be at any given point of time is at church. Amen? I just thought that was funny. Uh, here's the truth Pastor Peter is right. We are in a season where many people are uncomfortable. Janelle uh, brought out the fact that, you know what though, in that uncomfortableness, many times we are more open to God. When we find ourselves comfortable, to be quite honest with you, we don't press into God like we do in those times where we're uncomfortable, yes? It's amazing how our prayer life changes when we have uncomfortable circumstances that come into our life. We, we are driven to our knees, and so we, we go after him. In talking to DJ about it, DJ said many times we want God to speed up the uncomfortable moments in our lives, but these are the moments that God is making the biggest transformation in us, isn't it? These are the moments. And so I, uh, if you're new here, I hope that uh, you're enjoying what God is doing in your life and um, through the worship and through the message. Uh, But if you're new here, one of the things that we do is we'll pass a microphone around from time to time. And so um, I um, want to ask just you to share, if you would, just a couple of you. Um, But can you think about a time... Where you wanted God to speed up the time, but now that you look back on that time, you reflect and go, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad that I went through that. You know, I think Garth Brooks, DJ's going to rail me for quoting a, a country music song. Uh, but uh, Garth Brooks, I believe, um, sings a song, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. Yeah? Um, would you be willing to share this morning maybe an, uh, an unanswered prayer where you were asking God to speed things up, but now you look back and go, oh my gosh, God did something incredible in that. While you're thinking about that, I'll share you one that came to my mind. Um, when my son was 11 years old, he got an autoimmune disease that almost took his life. Um, and I don't have enough time to go into all the details on that aspect, but when we knew that he was going to be okay and came out of that, um, it was a long Um, healing process. And I remember asking God to speed up the time and that he would just supernaturally heal him, you know, right away. Um, But it took, it went through that process. When I look back at that though, the way that God spoke to us, the way that he drew our family together, the things that he spoke to me, the things that he spoke to my wife, um, I wouldn't replace those for anything. Um, And so I find myself thinking about that moment remembering, I was wishing God would fast forward the time, um, but so glad that he didn't because I cherish what I learned. You know, the Bible says that we are being transformed daily into his image, and it's in those times that we become transformed. So uh, somebody else, does somebody have a story where um, God just transformed your life in the midst of something where you were praying that the time would accelerate through it?
1: Um, I think for me, it was a couple years ago, my son was one, and um, almost two, and we had um, family friends come over. They had dogs we didn't know, or I didn't know that there was dogs outside, and it just so happened that they had attacked our one-year-old son and put him in the hospital, and essentially, without gruesome details, it was the worst dog attack that Colorado had ever seen. And so in that moment, for me, It really brought, because my husband was elsewhere, and so I was taking care of my son in the house. And in that moment, I was just like, okay, God, like, you have to take over. Tell me exactly what I have to do from here. Because we live in the country. Mm. And at that time, we did not have a fire station near us. It would take 20 minutes for the ambulance to come. And so I just said, Lord, we're getting in the car. and We're going. And he spoke to me, and he said, he's going to be okay. Just trust me. Put your faith in me. I have a plan for your son. And I just kept doing it over and over again. And family and friends would call, and they would pray. And they're just like, we believe, and we stand. Mm. And we got people calling from all over the world saying, we're praying, we're praying. And it just built my faith so much more, connected our family more, the community. People we didn't even know in Castle Rock showed up at our house with food. And they're like, no, we're just, we're going to help you. We're going to take care of just a small item Whatever you need. We had flooding in our basement at the same time that we were in the hospital. And one of the GCs in cashwalks said, we're coming. We have a Bible study every Tuesday night when, with men in the community. And every Tuesday night, we go and serve someone. And so those six men come over to our house and ripped everything out of our basement bathroom and rebuilt it. No questions asked, done.
0: All this from a tragic Yeah, from a tragedy for my amazing. son. Yeah, that's amazing. And to Thank- this
1: day... The Lord shows up and he even tells people, oh, you know, I had an accident or the dog he's attacked me, but he's not afraid. He doesn't have fear. There hasn't been negative repercussions, even through counseling. They said, you know, he, it's miraculous. Even the surgeon himself said, I've never seen an attack this bad not become fatal.
0: Crystal, thank you so much for sharing that. It's amazing. Absolutely. State your name, too, before you speak, if you would. No, that's okay. I told everybody.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm
1: Alicia, um, actually her best friend. But um, I was just thinking about something similar to what you were speaking about when I recently, not so recently, a couple years ago, went through cancer and chemo and all those things. And Mm. I was the same, praying, God, speed this up. I'm in pain. Like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. But God really drew me closer to him in those moments when I was down and out, and he just showed me that he was there for me.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. All right, and then one more right here. We're good. Hi,
3: I'm Jasmine. Um, My daughter, Chloe, had cancer, and so when we found that out, that was really scary, and I didn't want to go through it. She was four months old. And then... Not only did I get closer to God through that, I got closer to her, and she gave me strength. If she could get through it and be this strong, then we can not accomplish anything. And now she just takes over the world and conquers everything, and she taught me that.
0: It's amazing, right? Something yeah. that, again, you would want God to fast forward through that, and yeah. yet look at the bonds that were developed. Thank you so much for sharing, guys. Um, good stuff. Um, I want to encourage you, share these stories with one another because they, it builds faith not only in you and reminds you what God has done for you, um, but it'll help somebody else, okay? Now, what I want to do now is transition to some of the things that we're seeing uh, in our church, in our nation, in our world um, in regards to just some things seasonally and changing. Um, What we are observing and why we are taking two weeks and breaking apart from what we originally were planning to do is because we believe um, that many people are experiencing maybe some of these things. Um, And first off, I want to encourage you and let you know that that's okay and we need to process this together as a family. Um, But one of those things that we're seeing is that God is asking people um, and families in particular to make some really tough decisions. Um, we, for instance, have two families sitting in this room um, that have been led by the Lord, um, John and Jess Patton, um, who are one of our house church leaders, John and Lori Bixler, um, who were one of our house church leaders, and then we have Scott and Cindy Schugart, that many of you guys know who also was one of our house church leaders. Um, all three of them are moving out of state. Okay, They're being led by the Holy Spirit to do something uh, directing their family to go out of the state. Now I'm looking at another couple over here that just had a brand new baby that were called to this state in February. And now call this church their home and uh, we got to do a little baby shower. From the- Seasons are changing. Things are moving and God is asking families to, to do some difficult Pray, praying and difficult decision-making in the middle of this. And I want to let you know that if God is stirring that in your heart, uh, don't fight it. I think the worst thing that we can do when God is starting to move that glory cloud is to say, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig myself in deep here. Because then you're going to miss on the presence and the things that God has for you. And so I just want to give everyone um, just the understanding that it's okay to be in this season. And I think a lot of people are in this season. As a matter of fact, as I'm talking about people moving away, uh, Pastor Peter mentioning just job changes and those kind of things, do you know, by a show of hands, are you going through or do you know somebody that's directly related to you that is going through some kind of big decision like that? Yep, all, all over the room, all over the room. Um, it's happening to such an extent that we felt as a leadership team, it was very important to bring up because we want you to know that God wants to help you and lead you through these things. Don't fight it, and but keep seeking the direction from the Lord. And in just a minute, we're going to pray for you. The second thing that we're seeing uh, that's happening um, more at a, a local level um, it is happening nationally wise, but local level, um, especially here in Colorado, is uh, the economy. Um, it's, it's spinning out of control. Six months ago, if you were to try to buy a house, you couldn't because the demand was so crazy. And, and then in just the last week or so, been hearing a bunch of realtors telling me it's really hard to sell your house now. Is that, I mean, the realtor right here, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what was a bidding war? Now she's got five for sale. I, it's an interesting change in econ- economics, and it's making people have to make difficult decisions. Somebody shared last night that um, they've decided to stop. Um, working for a nonprofit and actually transition, again, a job circumstance for economics because they just need to make that decision. There are many decisions that, that we are facing. And so once again, we felt it very important to bring this up so that we could be praying together as a family. Don't go this alone. It's incredibly difficult to go through seasons all by yourself. And I want you to know that we have a family here. I hope that if you call this your home, that you are agreeing with me and shaking your head yes real big and saying amen, 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 at least internally. Uh, we want to support each other and go through this together. And so realize that God is doing this and it's not, I guess, it's, I guess the main point is this, it's, just not, it's not just you, if that makes sense. There's, there's seasonal changes that, that God is using COVID and the things that it spun out of COVID. To, to begin to shake some things and to shift some things. Again, embrace what the Lord is doing, asking, asking him to direct you and trust him. Next week, we're going to talk about that trust and that process of how, do we, how are we led by him, and, and again, I'll talk about it in just a minute. But here's what I want to do. I would like two volunteers, if they would be so bold, I would like one person to pray for family decisions. That maybe uh, people are going through, and just pray that God would direct us, um, that we would trust Him in those things. And I would like somebody to pray for our economic situation um, and just uh, direction again from God on how to navigate in this time uh, with the world economy that we're dealing with. So, um, prayer volunteers. I need to. We got one here. So, Kyler, if you want to bring the mic there to Joshua, somebody else. Second person. Right up here. Melanie. Just
2: go ahead. Father, thank you so much for uh, your love for us. That nothing can separate us from your love. Mm-hmm. So we thank you for uh, your wisdom and your discernment, for your knowledge and your understanding, which uh, far exceeds ours. And we just ask uh, that you would continue to guide us and lead yeah. us, that we would be perceptive to your spirit and to your guiding and to your leading, that our our spirits would be um, just in tune to yours uh, in every decision, especially with family decisions, uh, with moves being made, uh, people traveling, people moving, people selling, uh, a lot needing to be a lot of decisions that all need to be placed into your hands father and trusting you lord would you grow our faith would you stretch us would you uh, conform us into the image of your son um would you provide for us we Mm. declare that you're a provider you are our provision the lord is my shepherd and i lack nothing uh so lord we thank you so much for your guiding and your leadership um would you go before us and come behind us? Uh, Lord, we just want to stay close to you. We want to be a part of what you're doing. So, Lord, in all that you're doing, mm. show us our assignments and show us what are not our assignments for our mm. families. Yeah. And, um, and keep us aligned with you, Lord. Uh, we love you. And we know that you love us so, so much more. And so we thank you for all the promises in your word and, uh, and for your great grace. Mm. We pray this in Jesus' name.
3: Lord God I, I agree with my brother um, Lord you are our provider and you are our guide you're our resource you're our everything Lord and God we, we gather today as a body your, your people your body Lord as believers and I, I just want to second that, that you would be the cloud and the fire, Lord, that goes before, that we would follow your lead, that we would follow your voice wherever you would take that. And Father, I want to um, ask, you said to ask, to seek, and to knock. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we want to do that um, in relation to the economy, to things that are going on lord i i have to believe that every person here is affected in some way or another Um, them their families extended family someone and lord i i was reminded this morning god that that we're just here for a little while god that the end is so much better than the beginning Mm -hmm. but lord you are a provider throughout and here and now and and in the hereafter. So, God, we ask for your guidance, but also your wisdom, Lord, with our finances, with what we're doing. I pray for people that may be looking for a job right now that don't know what to do. Lord, I pray that if they don't know you, that they would look up, realize who you are, God,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and that they would hear your voice and follow you. Father, in that we find our provision in you and in following you. You are Jehovah Jireh. You have always provided and you will because you've promised it. We thank you, Lord, and we pray, God, that we would never let fear take hold, Mm. but Lord, that we would we would have our solace in you that we would have our confidence in you jesus Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and
3: what you provided in your
0: name i pray lord amen thank you guys so much for being willing to pray for that i'm going to transition a little bit i i do think it's relevant to this conversation in regards to things shifting and changing um so Last weekend, because of the 4th of July weekend, we always take that weekend off as a church, kind of as a sabbatical weekend. The weekend before that was house church. Um, And so we as a church um, haven't been able to bring up and discuss the decision that was um, released and announced that the Supreme Court made in regards to Roe versus Wade. Um, And so um, it's interesting because since that took place, it's been interesting to see the different... Um, things that have been going on um, and I think it's very much the hot topic of today right now uh, we seem to be going from hot topic to hot topic to hot topic in the, in the society and the culture that we're living in um, and so um, I, I have wrestled through what, what do I say in the middle of this because I've had people come up and say what is the church's stand on this What is the church's stand on this? Um, I will tell you that my wife and I are very much uh, under the understanding that science and the Bible says that life begins in the womb. And I can bring you to scriptures that I believe would very much speak to that and direct that. But I know that not everybody agrees with that position. And so when somebody asks me what is the church's position on that, it's a difficult question to answer, because who makes up the church? Okay, I think we've taught you better than this. Who makes up the church? Okay, so what is the church's position on this? Answer that question for me. Because the truth is, um, we have people all over um, the spectrum on this, and um, there are people that love Jesus and disagree on what the position is. And so um, I would simply um, state to everybody that when it comes to my personal conviction, I will tell you I'm very much pro-life. I stand um, for, uh, I, I, I value women and I very much value children. And um, that's where I pers- That's now listen, this is my personal conviction I know that not everybody agrees with that, but here's what I do know, that no matter where you lie, this side or this side, if we don't keep Jesus at the center of what we're discussing, and what we're doing, we're making a mistake. Jesus has to be the center, because if he is not the center, then I don't care what side you're on, you're going to think you're right, but you are dead right. You're killing everybody around you. And that's what we're seeing in the world in regards to this right now. People are taking these incredibly hard stances and the, the hate language that is going on about this, I just do not see Jesus behind it, okay? And so I find myself up here in a very strange position because um, I personally want to speak one thing. And then on the other side, I understand that what needs to trump that thing is love. John teaches us that they, the world, will know us because of the love that we have. And here's what I'm finding interesting. I know of people that have the same position in this argument that don't agree on how to give it. I'm hearing people proclaim certain things with such boldness that I find myself thinking the people that need the love, that need the care, that need the church to rally around them, they wouldn't go to that church because of the harsh language that church uses or that group of people uses. Do you know what I'm speaking about? And so uh, I just want to bring this up and say, look, in a world uh, that has so many different things going on, and this abortion issue being right now a very, very hot topic. I, I t- spoke, spoke with somebody um, this week, and he goes, Dan, this is everywhere. This is dinner table conversation for everybody in the whole world right now, especially in our country. And so here's my question to you. Are you willing to love above your stance? Think we're supposed to put the love of christ and how he would do things above your stance i have a hard time thinking that jesus would stand from a pulpit and blast people that don't believe in something i personally believe that it's a sin but i don't think jesus would get up here and ridicule and just blast it from a pulpit you know what i think he would do i think he would enter into relationship Remember Zacchaeus? Hey, come down from there. I'm going to your house. Church, are you willing to go into the sinner's house and have relationship? Build relationship. Listen to stories. And listen to a story, not with the words in your mouth ready to argue, but listen to a story where you're like, tell me more. Let me understand. Help me to understand where you're at and what is happening. Church, I think one of the things that we maybe have done wrong in the Capital C Church is we've created this atmosphere where we ask some man or woman to stand in front of us and tell us what to think. And I'll be, tell- I'll be completely honest with you. It's so much easier to be told what to think than to actually go into this word and find out what God wants us to think individually. I want to tell you that no matter what side you are on, I hope you have a biblical reason for what you're, what you're proclaiming. And that you're not taking this and trying to beat somebody over the head with your truth, but that you are filled with love and truth. You know, what the, one of the biggest tensions in this word is trying to speak truth and yet have the grace and love that comes alongside with it. And so I feel very strongly Um, As one of the pastors of this church, that as we navigate these hot topic issues, these tough subjects, that we have to keep love at the forefront. I want this church to be a place where somebody who is struggling feels like they could come to us for help. I think that's what the church is supposed to be. I think the church is supposed to be a beacon of light that no matter what your sin struggle is, you can feel comfortable to come into that environment and that people will come around you, rally around you, and support you. And I hope that that's your heart, and I hope that that's your prayer. And I know, I'm looking across room. I know there are many different thoughts and views on this, and I would be more than happy to discuss these things. As a matter of fact, one of the things that we're tossing around, um, one of of the members of this church actually came up with this idea, and we're thinking about how we can do this. Uh, But we're thinking about maybe like on a Wednesday night, bringing up some of the society's hot topics and actually have open, honest discussions about these things. And then concluding those times with a time of prayer. I think it would be actually very, very helpful. Because here's what I know, church. If we don't get good inside this room talking about these things and hearing people's stories and interacting together and learning how to do this, how in the world are we going to do it out there? I can pull up thousands of Facebook posts that would say that Christians are not getting this right right now there's a lot of hate language about this and it's going back and forth and it's seeming to polarize our country more and more and more. And I would say, church, we are supposed to be different. We're supposed to be bringing people together. I was reminded last night, um, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Go home, get on Bible Hub and look up the Greek word there for mind. Mind. It will blow you. It'll blow your mind. The the word there for mind is this, to use your intellect to understand somebody else's story and to come to a balanced understanding together. That's what the word mind there is. In Romans chapter 12, the word mind, where it says, don't... Conform to the pattern of this world but would be transformed in the renewing of your mind that word mind completely different greek word and it means to have god thoughts wouldn't you think that that would be the word mind in the greatest commandment it's not the word in the greatest commandment is to open your heart and open your mind and be willing to listen to other people's story so that you can come collectively together and see what jesus is doing in the middle of that And it's very interesting because it fits in with the second part of the grace command love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love others as yourself. And I'm just going to say this challenge real quick Are you loving other people in the middle of these things the way that you would want to be loved? Are you showing the grace and the compassion, giving the truth? in such a way that you would want to give it because just can be completely honest from my perspective of what I have done. I have tripped way over into the truth sometimes and haven't been very compassionate, haven't been gracious, haven't been patient in hearing somebody's story. And I just want to encourage all of us that in the midst of this, there is an opportunity to come together and to love a hurt world and It's easy to take a stance, but I want to encourage you. um, You know what? Are you putting your resource, are you putting your time, are are you offering, are you asking God to help give you direction on how to love anybody who's struggling in particular issues, in this issue in particular? It's one thing to take a stance. It's another thing to actually walk out and ask the Lord to lead us in those things. And I hope that we will be a church that steps into this and say, says together, let's love the world because until they experience God's love, they're never going to change. Um, my pastor I used to serve under used to say this, um, it's really hard to clean a fish until you catch it. And we're doing a whole lot of trying to clean the fish before we even catch them. And so church, let's, let's be a loving church. Let's be a church that um, will ask God to lead us in times like this and direct us and really give us an open heart and an open mind to, to hear stories, to build relationship. I started to say um, that one of the mistakes that I think the church has made is that somebody has to speak forth and tell us what to think. I, you know what the early church was founded on? was founded on relationship. They interacted with one another. They had dinner together. They talked about the subject matter and the issues that were going on, and they had relationship where they could speak into one another's lives. I think we've we've lost that in today's society, and I just want to encourage you, build relationship with people in this room. We're going to eat pizza and have popsicles in a minute. Don't blow out of the door here. Have interaction with somebody invite somebody to lunch this week or coffee hey let's talk about these things let's get good about this let's let's get good about being able to address these issues and talk through these issues together as a body because as we do that i believe the lord will lead us we need to trust him and i'll finish by saying this um there was a man named john kavanagh that went to go see what mother Teresa was doing in calcutta um I mean, she was just absolutely amazing, amazing um, humanitarian person that just did amazing stuff. And so he goes to see what's going on there. He works there. He's there for, uh, at the House of the Dying for three months. And finally, he got to meet Mother Teresa, and he asked her to pray. Uh, Bill Hayes, i got to give you credit, man. You spoke this over DJ and I, and we can't get away from it. But um, he asked Mother Teresa to pray um, for him. And so she said, what do you want me to pray for? She replied, or uh, he replied, "Um, I would love you to pray for clarity. Pray that I would have clarity. Mother Teresa simply answered, nope, I won't do that. Can you imagine? What? You won't pray for that? And then she says, she says this, clarity is the last thing that you are clinging to and you must let go of. When Kavanaugh said that she always seemed to have clarity, the very kind of clarity he was looking for, Mother Teresa laughed and said, I have never had clarity. What I've always had is trust. So I will pray that you will trust God. And the quote from Mother Teresa then that came out, and you can look it up online, is this. I will not pray clarity for you. Clarity is the crutch of the Christian. But I will pray trust for you, that your trust will increase. And so, church, no matter what season you find yourself, here's my encouragement. Trust God. And we're going to talk about that next week, how to do that and what that looks like, what's the difference between faith, trust, and belief, and how do we implement those and and interact with those in our life. Um, But I just would like to conclude this service by asking the Lord to lead us in whatever season change we're in, in whatever hot topic issue that that the world is giving to us. Um, If we had time, I would actually pass the mic around and ask a little bit of feedback, but we're already at an hour and 40. So I did it last night and it was interesting. (laughs) Um, But here's the truth, if we don't get good at trusting God together in these issues, I submit that we're gonna struggle Um, in in a world that is just getting darker and darker and more chaotic and more chaotic. And so let's trust God together, amen? Amen. So Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you give us your wisdom, um, your word promises that when we ask for it, that you will give it to us in abundance. And Lord, I pray right now that um, you would help us to just stir that heart, and understanding of trust in our lives. God, as much as all of us would love for you to light up the entire pathway so that we would know what was happening and what was coming, we realize that the second you would do that for us, we would put the trust in ourselves and not you. And so, Lord, I thank you for the fact that you just light up one stone at a time in our path with you and in our path and what you have for us. And so Lord, I pray that you would bring us a great, great level of trust to take the next step into what you're calling us to do. Give us an understanding of what that is and help us to trust you that once we make that step, the next step would be lit up by your spirit and you would direct us in that. Lord, I take time right now to lift up John and Jess Patton and John and Lori Bixler Scott and Cindy Shugart and God I pray that as they trust you into the things that you've called them to do Lord I pray that you would lead every step of the way God I am encouraged by their boldness to step out into faith in what you've asked them to do and Lord I pray that you would lead them for anybody else in this church that is dealing with these issues Lord may they have a great sense this morning that you will lead them that you will take them step by step into what you are asking them to move themselves into those seasons. And Lord, with, again, the issues that this society is, is dealing with and struggling with, God, help us to trust you in being able to stand on the truth, but present it through relationship, through moments of time, through that kairos And God, help us to know who we need to build those relationships with so that we can speak into one another's life. Lord, I thank you for the word that says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens another man's countenance. God, help us to be a church that sharpen each other so that as we do so in love, the world would be drawn into that experience with you because of the love they see in us for one another. So Lord, I thank you for these things in your name. Amen.